0: Let me throw this out at you. Get outside yourself. That's the title of the message this morning. But let me do a little commercial right here before we kind of dive into that. and This will segue a little bit into it. Uh, the, the Bible project and I really hope you're reading with us in the Bible project this year If you're not you can catch up. I mean we're only two weeks in. you it is easy to catch up You go to the church's Facebook page go back to January 1 and you can read and you can catch up with us, okay And uh, it, it doesn't take long to read three chapters I mean if you're reading a book you're going to read more than three chapters in that book this afternoon, right? So it doesn't take long you can catch up in a hurry and uh, it's it's really been good for me because, let me tell you, I, this is the way I normally do my study. When, I, when I'm when uh, i in my personal devotion, that kind of a thing, not when, I, when I'm preparing for Sunday because I'm focused there, but but if I'm just reading along in my study, I'm like a, a retired man with a metal detector, you know? And it's like just going around through the scripture, and then all of a sudden you hear, oh, wow, that's good. And what do you do? You know, you stop, you dig down, you get deep. <coughs> and that's the way I am sometimes... And Sometimes in the middle of a chapter sometimes in the middle of a verse, you know, I hear something like that. Oh wow That's good. And I'll start going to my, my my Bible study websites and start digging down and and, and you know and I do that. I mean that that's that's who I normally am and and it's been a while since I have read the Bible through <laughs> this quick like in a year and so you know what you have to, you don't have time to do that. So, you know, th- this is like pushing me on past, you know, no, you, you heard a little beep there, but you had to get on past and, you know, and, and you slow down some here and there, but it's like to get through, to, to really get the message of the whole Bible, not just the message of that verse. Sometimes you, you need to do that. I needed this and, and I really hope you're enjoying, you're joining us in this. And because, um, you know, the thing I'm learning so far in the book of Genesis that I'm remembering is How messed up all those people in the book of Genesis are. Come on, okay, so y'all are shaking your head. So some of y'all are reading with us, right? You know exactly what up are Messed up. I mean, we got Noah, you know, comes off the ark, plants a vineyard, gets drunk, and something shameful happens to him in his tent. I mean, it's so shameful the Bible doesn't even say what it is. So, you know, and, and then Abraham, God says, Abraham, you're going to be the one who fathers many nations and all the nations of the world are going to be blessed by you. And, and what does he do? I mean, he, he's such a wimp that he gives his wife away twice. Now, thankfully, God intervenes and the king, you know, they don't take his wife, but, but he says, oh, no, she's my sister. He does this twice, lies in this way to save his own skin. You know, then he has this son, Isaac, and Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and Isaac loves Esau, but Isaac's wife, Rebecca, loves Jacob more than the other. And, you know, and I've had people tell me, oh, there will always be one child that's more special, or there's always going to be one grandchild that's more special. I, no, 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 you can't do that. How dysfunctional that is. And that's what I see all through the book of Genesis. I see this dysfunction. And then, so that, so then Jacob, you know, he, he learns this from his parents. He has 12 sons and a daughter, and he loves one of those sons more than the others, you know, so he does the same thing. He's also one that uh, he, he, he tricks his, his, uh, his brother. Jacob tricks Esau and gets his birthright and gets his, his father's blessing, you know. And, and then he goes over and Laban tricks him over and over and over. You know, it's this whole cycle just keeps going on. And then Joseph, the one that, that Jacob loved more than the other brothers. Now, we don't know a lot about those early years in Jacob's life. Most of what we know is what his brothers say about him. And what his brothers say about him is basically tells me that Joseph was full of himself. You know, that Joseph's, his favorite subject to discuss was Joseph, you know? And, and when they saw him coming, they say, oh, okay, there comes that dreamer coming to tell us another dream. He, he loved to tell the dreams. They said, let me tell you what I dreamed about me. And also about you, because you're going to bow down before me. But I mean, it's like, he, he, it's all about him, all about him, and all about him. And then finally, you know, God gets his attention. But, and then these brothers, they hate him so much that these brothers, they, 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 some of them want to kill him, but they decide they're just going to sell him into slavery and let his dad believe for all those years that he was torn apart by a wild beast. Now, now, now think about this. If you're a parent, you, you'll understand this. You know, imagine that one of your children, even if it's a grown child, disappears, and you hear that their last few seconds on this earth were, were spent being mauled and torn apart by a wild animal. Imagine that. How horrible that would be. And, and I know probably some of you are thinking, I don't want to imagine that. You know, no, I'm not going to think of those things. That would be horrible, wouldn't it, for, the, for you know, the rest of your life to think that's what happened to your child? That's what Joseph's brothers were willing to put their father through because they hated Joseph so much. And then there was the story of the rape. You remember, if you're reading with us, there's the story of one of Joseph's brothers goes off to a prostitute, finds out she's not really a prostitute. She's actually his daughter-in-law who's kind of tricking him. So, like, wow, these people are messed up, right? Right? Now, if you're not reading with us, you're, listen to all that you're missing right here. I mean, this is better than the best soap opera, you know, that's on TV. Let me point this out to you also. We've been reading this in two weeks, okay? This didn't all happen in two weeks, all right? This happened over hundreds of years, all the way from Noah to where we're at now, okay? So, yeah, they were messed up, but it wasn't like they had all this stuff going on all the time, like some of us do, Right? Yeah, like our drama seems to be weekly or daily, doesn't it? You know, the stuff that happens, you know, and just boom, 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 just constant, constant, constant. Well, let me tell you this. If you're one of those people that you just live, it seems like, in constant drama, God never intended it to be that way. He did not intend your life to be turned upside down every single week. He didn't, you know, I was telling somebody before the first service this morning, we were talking, I said, you know, I, I think sometimes if my life didn't have any interruptions in it, I wouldn't have anything in my life, you know? Seems like that's what life is sometimes, just a bunch of interruptions and those things. But you know what? Sometimes it's even God interrupting us because we think we've got some things, for, and God says, no, 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 let, stop right here. Let me show you something, okay? Because God really does want you to have an awesome life. He does. And, and, and that's not just the message of the New Testament, that's the message of the Old Testament. You know, we, we look at the Old Testament and think that's the one that's all about judgment and all, and all of this and works and everything, but even back in the Old Testament, God's speaking to us about grace, the grace that we just sang about. You know, God's speaking to us about that. Let me prove to you, okay? Let's begin here. This is, this is now moving in really into the message. Isaiah chapter 58, first eight verses. We're going to skip a couple right here, but you can find them all on the Sunday's page. God says, come, all you are thirsty, come with waters, and you have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Here's what he's saying. He says, if you got a problem, come to me, and don't worry about the money. Don't worry about paying for it. Don't worry about doing something to earn or merit this. Just come. You've got a problem? Come. You've got drama? Come. You got broken pieces, come. And then he says, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Here's what he's saying. You are wasting your money on things you don't need and wasting your efforts on things that will never satisfy you. Man, does that, sound, that don't sound like 3,000 years ago when Isaiah was written, that sounds like today. You know, our culture, us, we are spending, wasting our money on things we don't need and wasting our efforts on things that will never satisfy. And God said, if you'll come to me, I, I, I can handle this. I can help you with this. Okay, let's go on. Next, next slide. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Their ways, that's going to be important here in just a couple of seconds, okay? Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous forsake their thoughts, and let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And verse 8 says, and this is, this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, and so God is drawing some, so drawing some distinction here. He wants us to understand that, and he wants us to have the good stuff. But here's the problem. We can't have the good stuff because we're trying to get the good stuff and still do it our way, with our thoughts, with our plans. Problem is, it, does, it just doesn't work that way. You know, you can't, you can't decide to go somewhere. You know, you can't decide to go to Georgia today and use a map of Mississippi, right? You can't get to where God wants you to be and use your own map. You've got, you've got to put it and I don't know some people say, oh yeah, God just wants to tell me what to do. No, God, did you read the first of that? God says, come to me if you've got a need and don't worry about paying for it. God says, I want to give you this stuff milk without without money don't worry about bread without money don't worry about it instead of wasting your money on stuff that you don't need and wasting your efforts on stuff that will not satisfy God says let me help you with what you need but our problem is we still want to do it our way we still want to do it by the way we think it ought to be done and it'll never happen it will never happen that way We've got to embrace, so, so we've got to embrace his way. But first, let's talk about our ways, okay? First, let's talk about our ways. And, f- and the first thing I want to tell you about our ways is studies are showing that we are living in an increasingly narcissistic society. I feel like last week, I told you so many, the things, you know, like you already knew. Here's another one, right? Is this surprise anybody? I mean, did you not already know that, that we are living in an increasingly narcissistic society? That it seems like every single week or every day, you know, we just get more, in our culture, we get more and more full of ourselves. It's more about us, increasingly narcissistic. In 1980, the American Psych- Psych- uh, Psych- Psychological Association or Psychiatry Association uh, officially recognized a new disorder, the narcissistic personality disorder. And so here's a little bit of a test for you to see if you might be at risk of the the narcissistic personality disorder. Here's three things. Now listen, Facebook, social media is not the cause of this stuff, but sometimes it's a good gauge. Look, right here, three little things. Are you at risk? The people who have narcissistic personality disorder, normally they have more than average number of friends on Facebook, I don't know what average is, but I know most people don't start bragging until they get at least over a 1,000, you know? you know. So I don't know what average is, but you probably got at least a 1,000 friends on Facebook. They tag themselves more often in photos, and they are more interested in updating their own status than clicking like on someone else's status. Okay, so Facebook, social media is not the problem, but sometimes it's a window into the soul because of... Your habits the way you do things and here's here's the stuff here's how here's how this falls out if that's if that's you on facebook then here's the stuff underlying that or, or maybe you know people like this here's the stuff underlying that here's the actual symptoms jealousy you know competition they've got 1500 friends and i've only got 12 i gotta go find me 300 more friends go go invite 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 you know Got to go do that. The competition thing. Uh, oh, oh, well, we lost it, but hopefully we won't. There's this. Uh, tag themselves more often in photos, you know, because they assume, you know, everybody wants to see them, right? And to see their family and to see all their things. And they have a need. Those with narcissistic personality disorder have a need to, to, to be appreciated or to be recognized or to be seen, they have this need and so they, so they constantly are doing this. You know, that the, 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 they're constantly posting and and, and and they have more interest in updating their status and clicking like because they think people are more interested in what they're doing all the time. You got friends like that? I got some Facebook friends like that. That they think if they don't post at least 14 or 15 times today, my life will not be full because they didn't post enough things on Facebook, right? You know, and so that's what they think is they assume that and they, and they have, And here it is, this attitude of entitlement. Oh, this isn't about social media, is it? This is about our culture today, is that people are entitled to see me and I'm entitled for them to like what's going on in my life. You know, and so they're more interested in posting that than than they are actually liking others. So our culture today is focused, or values, throw them up there, the next slide, uh, on money and uh, image, and on fame. Is that, is that true? I mean, is that another duh statement? That's what, that's what our culture today is focused on, money, image, and fame. Let's take that middle one there, image. Our culture is focused on image. You know, you know, e- even, even today, you know what's going to happen today? There are going to be people, a prayer team is here ready to pray with people over their needs, whatever your needs are, regardless of what I preach on today. You know, whatever your need is, we're ready to pray for you. You know what? There are going to be people who will not let a prayer team member pray over them because of image. I can't let somebody know I've got a need and I've got a problem. Listen, we already know you've got problems, all right? But the fact that you can't let somebody pray for you lets us know you've got more and more problem than the rest of us, that you're too, you're too caught up in your own image, that you can't even Im- admit that you've got problems. We all have problems, right? I mean, you know, I've told you about my counselor buddy here in town, and a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, he and I were Texting a little bit, I said, Hey, I'd really like to get together and, you know, let's talk some. Because he always tells me we're just a couple of buddies talking. And, you know, I'm saying, No, no, I don't need a buddy to talk to right now. I need somebody who's, you know, looking down at my life saying, well, You're messing up right there, right there. You know, somebody who has that bird's eye view, you know, who's outside of my situation. And I said, You know, Christmas, a lot of times, is hard for a lot of people. Well, you know, pastors get a lot of the Pastor, this is hard on me. And then somebody else Pastor, This is hard on me and everybody's needing it. and so, you know It was just kind of a tough time getting through Christmas for pastor And I said I just need somebody to talk to and so we got together this week, you know And and and, and i'm 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 telling you i'm not bragging about that Other than the fact that I will brag to you that I don't have the problem of saying that I, I don't need prayer You know, I'm, I, I don't have that problem to tell you to be honest with you. You know what? I need prayer. I need you I need, your, I need you to know that sometimes I struggle and I'm perfectly, you know, Brother Field, pre- prayers prays for me um, probably pretty much twice every Sunday. You know what? You know, I thank God for that. You know why? Because I need prayer. And, and if you, you, you can't even just, oh, I can't step up there and let people know that I'm having problems. But we don't know what your problem is, but we know you got problems. We just don't know what they are. You know, so, so put that aside. You know where the word narcissism comes from? Narcissus. That's in Greek mythology, okay? You know, and and he was so focused on himself and he wouldn't give others the time of day at times. And he became cursed with loving his own image. He had fallen in love with his own image. And so he sees his image in a pool and it's so wonderful and beautiful. and, And he wants to embrace it. And As he touches the water, you know what happens to water, right? All of a sudden the image goes away. Oh no, oh no. And then as he stays there, you know, the image begins to reappear and he waits and he waits and it comes back. So I I want to, I can't touch it though. And so he is so enamored with his image. What if it goes away again and doesn't come back? And so he can't leave. He's right there, but he can't drink of the water because if he drinks of the water, he'll mess up the image again. And so he can't leave and he can't connect with anybody else. He can't have a real relationship. He can't, he can't even go get food. He can't feed himself. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, what, whatever, and so he ends up starving to death. He ends up thirsting to death right there at the water because he can't get his eyes off his own image. It's like what a picture of you know way back in Greek mythology. What a picture of today that we can't even be healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically because we are too concerned about our own image. And so the lesson of Narc- Narcissus is that. Falling in love and being in love with your image and who you are is not a blessing. It is a curse. He was cursed with that. And if you are all wrapped up in who you are and how people look at you and, and you know, being concerned, like, you know, fight all the way to church. Like, Guys, we got to cool this. Can't let everybody know we got, you know, we got problems in the family when we get into church, you know, got to act like that. If that's who you are. You're going to die in that because you can't just walk in the door and say, hey, we've had a tough week. Would somebody pray with me? We've had a tough week. When somebody pray with us this next week. Hey, I've got a doctor's appointment. this. Week. We, we, we can't even do that. If you can't do that, you, you're going to die lonely, and everybody's going to think, man, he, he, he acts like he's got it all together. And you don't. You don't. Let me give you a few quotes, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to need to hurry here, okay? Um, and This is from John Driggs, and there's his credentials there beside his name. Listen to this. People who cut themselves off from others and strive only for material success have the highest rates of alcoholism, mood disorders, marital discord, and suicide risk in themselves and in their children. So when you act like you've got it all and you don't need anybody else, you know, you got, I mean... (laughs) You know, I, the way when I was coming up as a pastor, I mean, you know, we, were, we had to be on a pedestal. We had to tell people, you know, we had it all together. We got it all figured out. Couldn't let anybody know we had problems, doubts. But when you cut yourself off and you aren't, you're the one. So it's not the people that are coming forward saying, Pastor, I need prayer or prayer team member. Pray with me this week. Those aren't the ones that have the high. Those are the people that are getting the help because they're saying, hey, we need help. You know, it's not the the people that, that are going to marital counseling and being serious about it. Those are the ones that are putting their marriages back together. I said about, I guess it was about four years ago now, I was talking about how we had this had this marriage thing coming up and, and you know, I said one Sunday morning, I said, you know what, the people who have great marriages, they're going to be the ones who show up for this thing because the reason they have great marriages is because they already value their great marriage and they're already doing good stuff to make their marriages greater. The people who won't show up for this marriage thing are the ones who are already having problems and probably aren't going to make it because they're unwilling to allow the image to be a little tarnish so that they can get the help that they need. Oh, I I can't spend all this time preaching this right here. Uh, Go on to the next slide. Money cannot replace people. We know that, right? But look at this. Once we have enough to support our basic life needs, pursuing more wealth does not increase our happiness. Uh, Bradley was telling me about a a study from Princeton and said $75,000, that's that's the point. Now, you got to think about it. Princeton is not in Gardendale, Alabama, okay, and uh, just, so I don't know, across the country, it's going to be higher or lower based on where we live. Maybe it's only forty or 50000 for you. That's what it takes to like make a living, but once you get to that place of the basics, that 75000 or whatever it is, $75,000 and $1 or $45,000 and $1, that extra dollar does not make you any happier. That's why people who make a quarter million dollars a year are normally not much happier than people who make $50,000, because it's not the extra money that you make that makes you happy. But it's, sometimes it's what you do with it because what did, what did this guy, what did John, say, John Driggs say right after that? He said, indeed, most of us get our basic life meaning by doing good deeds for others or having some greater good for which we work. What really makes us happy is challenging ourselves to learn and getting involved with people who benefit from us. It's not getting more stuff, but it's getting more resources so I can help somebody else. You know, get myself done. Get myself paid for. Get all of that. But then let's see what we can do for somebody else. He says, he says that. Okay, let's hang on to that for a minute. Let me go to, let me go to another lady. This is uh, Wendy Lusbader. Uh, and she says, the hardest burden in life is self-centeredness. Oh, stop there. Don't read ahead of me. Look, look, get that. The hardest burden in life is self-centeredness? You know, and some of us think, no, I, uh, I've got, I've got a, the worst problem. No, self-centeredness is the hardest burden in life. And, and, and it's, oh, it's a vicious cycle because you know what happens? It's when we start having problems and we work on them a little bit, and then it gets worse because we're really not doing the things that are going to get us there. We're doing the things our, our ways and our thoughts. And the more we do it, the worse it gets. And so it's a cycle. And, and so we work harder on ourselves and we work harder to make more money and we work harder to have more stuff and we work harder on our image and all of those things. And it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And we don't realize, and, and we have to break that. So he says, the human prospect or she says, I'm sorry, back up. I need to read the rest of that one. The human prospect is too bleak unless we literally extend ourselves. We have to extend ourselves. Get outside yourself the sooner we relocate our strivings outward rather than remaining confined in self-seeking projects, the sooner we do that, the more at ease we will be with whatever life presents. One last quote for you, and this is from Deepak Chopra, and he's just another one of these kind of guru guys. One of the easiest ways to be happy instantly when you're having a bad day is helping someone else. If you're having a bad day tomorrow, the best way to do it is not to go ask the boss for a raise. That's not gonna make you happier. The best way, the quickest way to get out of a bad day is to go help somebody else. To put your mind and focus on something. How can I help somebody else that's having a tough day too? That's the best way to do it. Now, why did I I bring you these three people? Let me tell you why I brought, not one of them is is a Christian. That I know of definitely not any preachers, but as far as I know, I don't even know that any of them go to church of these three people Well, what i'm reading to you is this is the stuff they have figured out and they have got it figured And they're trying to tell you how to have a better life And so they're telling you these things and I bring this to you because I want you to see that what They say out there is the stuff that is really going to make us Happy satisfied fulfilled and content is what god has been telling us for eons and eons and eons eons they're just now figuring it out. God, God knew it all along because he created this whole thing, right? So let's look now at God's way, okay? And I'm, I'm really going to have to hurry, right? I, I, that is what I'm supposed to go to next, right? Yeah, look at God's ways, okay. In Matthew, Jesus says this. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Sounds like the golden rule, right? And we quote that sometimes a little bit differently and say that's the golden rule. It is more than the golden rule. Jesus said that is what the whole Old Testament is all about. It is about doing for others what you wish somebody would do for you. That's what the whole Old Testament is about according to Jesus. And and then in chapter 20, verse 16, Jesus says, so those who are last now will be first then and those who are first will be last. See, this is what he's saying. Is your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And it's not just that you're off a little bit. You got it all backwards. Is you're all about yourself. And he says, I'm turning this around. First is last, last is first. You got to make it about somebody else. God's saying, if you want me to take care of yours, you got to make this about somebody else. Let me show you more words of, more words of Christ in Luke chapter 12. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and God will give you everything you need. You got you gotta turn it around. Last is first, first is last. You gotta quit making it about you, what you want, and how it's Blessing you and all that and you got to make it all about God what God wants sell your possessions give to those in need And this will store up treasure for you in heaven. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right sell That's how i'm gonna get rich. Yeah. Yeah, we, we chase after treasure and we're chasing the wrong way God says sell what you got If you see somebody in need and you don't have five dollars go sell something You know to give them five bucks if that's what you've got to do Sell what you have give to somebody in need and in that way you'll store up treasure Let me show you this in practice in Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4, but let's talk, talk about chapter 2 first. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Okay, so this is this is at the very beginning of the church. You know, uh, Simon Peter has just stepped out of the upper room. He has preached the very first Christian sermon after Christ has resurrected. He's Preach the very first revival service, you know, and 3,000 people in the streets get saved and come and join the church. 3,000. And you know what? It's easy to get caught up in the emotion and the passion of, yes, I'm amazed. This is wonderful. And you know what? I've got a piece of property over here. I want to sell it and just put it in the tray. Let's start helping people that have, it is easy to get caught up in that when the, when the revival's taking place. And that's what was going on in Acts chapter two. The revival had just taken place. 3,000 people had come to the, had come to the church. Okay. But what about later? What about down the road? Well two chapters later, after they get on into this a little bit, can I tell you, it's still going on. Chapter 4 verse 34 and 35, there were no needy people among them. Talking about this early church in the first century because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. They didn't just do it because everybody else was doing it. You know, the missionary shows up, you know, and, and, and just everybody is crying and boohooing and, and promises to give $100 a month and four people get called to to leave leave america and go into the missions field but just a few weeks or months later everybody's forgotten their commitments and well maybe i wasn't really called you know we get caught up in that not these people they were still doing it they were still they had made they were still doing it they were still seeing the needs and they were still giving to it one more scripture philippians uh uh, chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. he says don't be selfish don't don't be narcissistic don't be all about yourself don't try to impress others forget about your image Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Yes, the Bible actually says that. That is not our way. That is not our thoughts. We, we don't think in these terms normally, because our culture says, it's all about me. But God says, first is last. Last is first. This thing has to be turned upside down. If you want your life to be anything, you're going to have to figure out, this is the way it actually happens. You, ha- you have to start focusing not on your own needs, but on somebody else's needs. Because we all focus on each other's needs, we just tear each other apart. But when we start focusing on somebody else's needs around us, then God is able to move in and do something amazing. So let me me, me close right here. Let me take take you this. Back to the title of this message. Get outside yourself. let Let me let you in on a little secret. This is not just one of the kind of the A restating of one of our core values at 2911. This is who we are. You know, one of the ways we say it is, it's not about me. You know, until I got saved, it was all about me. But once I became a Christian, it's now about somebody else that needs to know Jesus Christ. It ain't about me anymore. It ain't about my needs anymore. Because the way God does this thing now is while I'm worried about somebody else, God's working around behind the scenes taking care of my thing. That's the way it works. Okay, it's not about me anymore. And God does that. Some of you are nodding your head because you've seen this happen. You know it. that's the way it happens. And, so, and, and don't get caught in the trap of getting back into that narcissistic, today's culture thing where, oh, I got too many problems and I can't do for somebody else right now because I got to do my, uh Kick that back to the curb and get back to focusing on somebody else. Let me let you in on a secret right here. This is why you're at 2911 today. This, this is. This, because this is the thing that really distinguishes us. Because we aren't about us, we don't enter. We 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 don't, we don't work by our opinions. We don't we don't run church by our opinions. We don't take uh, uh, you know requests you know for songs or anything. You know, it's not about me. It's about somebody. This is and, and I know some of you think oh but that music is good yeah oh man and let me tell you something I, I'm more blessed than all you guys. Cause like this, that worship set today, I got to hear it twice. Cause I'm in both services. I mean, I'm blessed. You know, it was that was awesome. I got to also hear it in in rehearsal, warm up. So I got to hear it three times today. It was awesome. You know, I actually wanted to yell in the middle of the, right after that first song, sing it again. I you know, I actually wanted it. I'd already heard it twice. I wanted to hear it again. You know, I actually heard it third, three times. I already wanted to hear it, hear it again. This is, you know, it's not about the music. And, and It's not about the coffee. I, I, I don't drink coffee. They'd say it's good coffee. So Brother Phil he's letting me, he's helping me out here. He's letting me know. Yeah, it's good. Okay I'd take y'all's word for it because I don't drink coffee You're not here because of the coffee It's gonna be bad for a month. if you're here because of the coffee It's gonna be bad one for, for a long stretch a month or something you're gonna leave if you're here for the coffee If you're here for the music they're gonna they're gonna have a couple of bad Sundays The video is gonna keep going out like it like it has the past couple of weeks, you know, and you're gonna be gone if you're here for that, but you're here for that. You're here because there is something about this church that is different. I like how Regina said it one day, there's, there's just a lot of things around here that aren't negotiable. The way we do things, we do things because there's somebody who needs to know Jesus. That's why you're here. And, if you're, and, and here's the danger for you. If you're not here because of that, you're gonna leave. Because I'm gonna keep pushing you not just be here and hear us talk about that. I'm gonna keep pushing you to be that. Get outside yourself. Because that's, that's not just what God called 2911 to, that's what God called you to. Every one of us. When, when, when Jesus was about to leave this earth, and I've said many times, you know, I think, I think when you're about to leave, you wanna say the most important, what is on my heart, what's on my mind. You know, like when your kids are leaving the house, Now, when my kids started learning to drive and they were leaving my my father-in-law's house when he was still alive, many times he would tell them, don't do drugs, which that was something that's really important on him, don't do drugs. I was glad that was important to him because it was important to me too, so I'm glad they heard that every time they left his house, right? Now, for Deva, he would tell her, don't pick up any hitchhikers. I don't know why he told her that because there was not much chance. Now, she was probably going to pray for him as she passed him going on down the road. But I guess just in case she had a weak moment, you know, and and she was thinking about it, she would remember her dad's words, uh, don't pick up any hitchhikers. And that's what Jesus did right before he left. He told his disciples, most important thing, go into all the world and tell them all the stuff I've already told you. Teach them to observe it. Teach them to live that way. He's saying, "Reach everybody. That's what's important. This is what he has called every church to be." But he's, there's something a little different about the way he's called us to do it. And it's about not doing it our way to reach them, but doing it his way to reach them. That's what God's called us to be. So let me let me tell you four things. I told you I'm not really about these four things and five things, but I gave you five last week. I'm gonna give you four today. Here's the four ways to get outside yourself. First of all, um. Make, make, make someone's day. Make someone's day. You know, have someone this week, you know, and several times this week, walk away from you and just be beaming because you made their day. How long has it been since you did that for somebody? You know, just tell somebody, man, I love that shirt, you know, or tell the pastor, man, your hair looks good today. You know, this morning, because I said that in the first service, this is the first time I can remember anybody. After the first service, several people told me they liked my hair, you know? I said, I, I did too, I don't know why it left, because I liked it, you know, and then it left. You know, make someone's day. Here, here, if you when you go to Facebook, the next time you go to whatever your social media platform is, Facebook's the big one, so that's why I keep saying Facebook. But instead of going there for validation, because that's what a lot of people go there for, I'm gonna go post this and I bet I get a lot of likes. Instead of going there for validation, the next time you go, go and don't post anything, but look for somebody who needs validation. Look for somebody who needs a like. Look for somebody who's going through a tough time and you can give them that little, you know, crying face instead of the smiley or whatever, you know? Look for somebody who needs validation. Make someone's day, okay? That's, that's one of the f- easiest ways to get outside yourself is to make someone's day. Secondly, uh, lighten someone's load. Now, You cannot lighten someone's load unless you first see someone with a load. you got to be paying attention for people with loads. If if you're reading the Bible with us, you'll remember just a few days ago, Joseph, he's in in jail, unjustly accused of all this stuff. He's in jail, and then he gets the opportunity to to, um, interpret the dream for the cupbearer and uh, the, uh, the, the, the baker, and then because of that, two years later, that's how he gets out of jail because the cupbearer goes, oh, wait a minute, you know what, Joseph, and that's how he gets out of jail. How did Joseph end up in, uh, interpreting the two dreams? You may not remember, go to the Sundays page, you click on, the, I got the link there for you, it take you right to those two verses of scripture. What happened was Joseph saw those two guys one day and he saw, and, and he realized something's wrong. They're depressed, they're discouraged. And he said, what's the problem, guys? And they told him their dream, and Joseph got the opportunity to interpret the dream. Why? Because he saw someone with a load, and he lightened their load. You see, that's how God's way and his thoughts are. Not you go work, you know, don't go break out of jail. Joseph, don't go break out of jail. But lighten somebody's load and let God, let that be the seed that is planted that allows God to do something with that. And I always say, but it was two more years. Yeah, but you know what we do is we get in such a hurry. You know, we, we just want to hurry up and get out of jail and get that new suit of clothes they talk about. You know, I don't even know if they do that anymore. They used to talk about that. You know, you get out of prison, get a new suit of clothes or whatever. And, and you know, Joseph might've had that thought. I just need out of here, God. And God said, no, 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 no. You wait, Joseph. I got a plan for this thing. Two years later, when he gets Joseph out of jail, Joseph becomes the second In the kingdom right under Pharaoh God's got a plan for you that is so big so beautiful so awesome so amazing and what we got to do is we got just got to start doing it his way quit doing it your way and messing it up quit doing it through by your thoughts let God do it his way through his thoughts the the third one bless somebody bless somebody you need to go get you a stack of of touch cards back there you know the ones that you can hand out when you do something nice for somebody says you've just been touched and let somebody know that it's a Christian that's doing it. You need to get a stack of those and just put them all over. Put them in your car, you know, hanging from your visor so you'll see it. You'll remember to maybe buy somebody's lunch that's behind you in, in the line of the, uh, 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 at the uh, drive-thru. Uh, so, or, or buy donuts and take. I, I mentioned that. I, I mentioned that at the first service. Buy donuts and take to work tomorrow, you know, and just leave them there for anybody to whatever, you know. And, and somebody told me after service, the first service, they said, they said this week, they said I, I, I went, you know. Said you know we were we were busy, we were working. He said I just needed a break. So I went down to Sneaky Pete's. He said I got two big bags. I got all all the two big bags would hold of of, of Sneaky Pete's hot dogs. I got carried them back. I got me two out of them. I set the rest of them in the workroom, and I went out and told. I said, Hey, everybody, there's. There's hot dogs back there, and you just help yourself. I got what I want. And, and everybody was trying to pay him. And, and he said, oh, no, 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 I, I don't want anything for him. I just, you know, just want to do that for everybody. And he said, he said before he left that day, he got a phone call from his wife. And she said, why did we get a check from U.S. Steel? And he said, I don't know. He said, I've been gone from there for over a year and a half. He said, I, not any reason. And there was something that had happened in their accounting. They were able to do something. And they had returned to him $250 in a check. And he said, wow. He said, I went from 12 bucks for hot dogs to $250 that I wouldn't expect. I said, man, that's about 20-fold. You know, and it just happened in just a matter of time. Quit doing things your way. Do things God ways, God's way. Start thinking in the way God thinks and acting the way God acts. And he, he's got to make. Amazing things. I, I I got so much to share. I just need I just need to cut this off. I got one last thing to share. I want to do that with you up front. So let, let me ask you to join me up front. If you're a first time attender, we like to close around front with a final song and a final prayer, and we'd love to have you join us if you feel comfortable. Please please come on, move this way, and and we'll wrap this up uh, with a final song, final thought, final prayer, and a final song. So. Make someone's day, lighten someone's load, bless someone. Everybody take a step or two closer and let's get everybody out of the aisles so they're all down here with us and and all of that. Make someone's day, lighten someone's load, bless someone. Some some of you need to take your cell phone out right now, just make yourself a note to, to, to do that, you know. If you get off at five, I dare you to just, just make yourself a note, you know, a, not, a notification at 445 on Tuesday, bless someone. So on your way home, you're thinking about how, what can I do now this evening to have, maybe, maybe that neighbor that's been sick, you can call him and say, Hey, I'm on my way home, thought about stopping by the store. Can I get you some milk, bread? What do you need? What do you need? Or something, you know? And you're. Can I do it for my spouse? No, listen, you need to be doing something for your spouse all the time, okay? We're not talking about that. We're talking about blessing somebody for, that you're not get anything back for, okay? You know, you need to be doing that for your spouse. Okay, so here, here's the last thing. And listen, prayer team standing right here, we want to pray for you so badly. We want to help you through whatever it is. We want to lift you up. We want to lift up your prayer, and we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you just tell us, you know, just a little bit. You don't have to divulge everything. Just tell us what you need. Let us be praying for you, because it won't be these few minutes that we'll be praying. It'll be this week that we'll be praying with you and for you, okay? Last thing. Invite somebody to church or small group. Small groups gonna kick off for a few more weeks, but invite somebody. I dare every one of you to invite somebody to church every day, at least every workday this week. Five, I dare you to invite five people. And then come next Sunday and tell me about the five people you invited. And maybe two or three of them will show up even next Sunday. I dare you to do that. God has called us to engage people, to interact with people, but the greatest interaction we can have as Christians is in bringing somebody to Jesus Christ. More than having lunch, more than playing golf or going fishing, or the greatest interaction we can have is bringing, that's, that is ultimately what it's all about, people. As soon as I got saved, it wasn't about me anymore. It's about somebody else. I don't have time to preach, preach you my, uh, you know, my uh, Caleb sermon. I don't have time to preach that one to you, but it ain't about me anymore. My mountain's secure. I'm, I'm on my way to my eternal reward, but there's somebody else that ain't. It's about them. I challenge you. I dare you. Invite somebody every day this week. You, th- you, think, you think you gotta go, you don't have to go deep. You don't have to say a whole lot. Just say, hey, should I go to church with me Sunday? That's all it takes. My pastor's talking about making changes that are really gonna impact your life. Would you like to come, you can just say invite, just invite, I dare you, I dare you to do it. And I going to pray over you. I wanna pray, to pray that, that you take this up and that, that you accept this and that and, and we stop acting, acting in our own ways and our own thoughts and we start acting according to God's ways and God's thoughts so 2017 can truly be a year of change for you. Some of you, it didn't get better in 2016. Some of you regressed, even. Make your mind up, 27. when we get to the end of this year, it's gonna be different. It's gonna begin with you. Get outside yourself. Let's pray, Father.